I'm so happy that we're doing this together, Liz. I'm so grateful for the connection that we had a couple of weeks ago when we did an incredible event for Hearst. And I thought, why not invite you on? Because I think your perception and perspective around mental health and media is going to be so useful to so many people right now, especially as you've dedicated your career and journey to helping people with their health and well-being. So thank you for doing this. Oh my gosh. Well, I am so happy to be here. I'm such a huge fan of yours and I loved connecting with you a couple weeks back. I'm a huge fan of your new book. It's wonderful to see it have so much success. And yes, as you said, um, mental health is a huge, huge part of what we do at Women's Health. It's one of our biggest content pillars. It's part of our brand DNA. So um, I'm excited to talk with you about it today. Yeah. Tell us how it's been for you personally and professionally for the last eight months, because I believe that, you know, not only are you a editor in chief, you're also a mother, uh, you know, you have so much going on around you. Media is obviously always changing. And then the last eight months have been the most unpredictable. What's that been like personally and professionally? And, and how have both your lives, what have you seen that you feel is really useful for people to hear about? Yes, um, it has been quite the ride the past eight months. Um, to, to put it lightly. Um, yes, we all at Women's Health began working from home um, in mid-March. So we're all working virtually and, you know, do most of our work connecting with one another over Slack and Zoom um, and email, of course. So, I mean, just like on a personal and professional level, I would say I just miss my team. I miss being around human beings in real life and that that energy that happens when you get to make eye contact with somebody or have a random conversation in the hall and, you know, sort of the, the sparkle and crackle of a great brainstorm when we're all in a room together. Having said that, um, there are some amazing benefits of being remote, and um, I'm certainly grateful for my for my job and for the the health of my family. I have three young kids and an awesome husband, and we're all safe and healthy here in Brooklyn. So that's amazing. I'm also, um, you know, I, I I appreciate all the extra time I've gotten to spend with them. Um, yes, at times it can be very challenging to have a five-year-old and two nine-year-olds running around my apartment and two working parents. Um, but it's also, we've had so many special moments that we wouldn't have had if this hadn't happened. Um, and not to glorify what is obviously, um, you know, a, a global pandemic and an incredibly hard and challenging time for so many people. Um, but I do, I do think it's important to find the upsides of situations and to find the, the things that we can be grateful for. So I'm, I'm definitely appreciative of all of that. Thank you for sharing that. It's, it's really refreshing to hear that too, because I think you're so right that often it can, we can get unbalanced about how we're viewing it. And like you said, you can't make light of what's happening in the world, but you can look for that light in that moment. And, and it's wonderful to hear about that. Tell us about, Liz, what I'm really interested in is how you saw the evolution of the conversation around mental health throughout your career in the media. Because when I first started to hear themes and topics, I remember when I first started to read about and hear about things like mindfulness and meditation, it's probably about 2010, mm -hmm. 10 years ago. And it's interesting because having always been in that world, so to speak, for myself, it was really interesting because I've always seen these things as relevant. But in the last 10 years, I've seen these become more and more important. But when did you start seeing mental health being a topic of conversation as something real and important in the media? 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, around 2010 is when meditation became more mainstream. Um, and I think you're right. It's meditation, but it's it's also some more gravitas things like um, depression, suicide, eating disorders, anxiety. Um, and I think it's important to remember that um, even today, a lot of those topics are uncomfortable for people to talk about and share about and ask about. And yet, we do know that one in four people will have a mental health problem at some point in their life. So this is not like a tiny fraction of the population who's suffering with this stuff. Um, and at Women's Health, we take it really seriously that that includes at least 25% of our readers. Um, either they will personally experience it or chances are that somebody in their family or a colleague or a friend um, or a mom at school drop off, um, you know, it's all around us. And, Women's health has always prided itself in talking about mental health and destigmatizing those conversations. Um, I've been at the brand for almost three years now, and we made it um, a section in the magazine that appears every month. We call it Mind. It's something that we talk about on social media all the time. Um, it shows up on our website, um, in our videos, you know, every content platform. We really see it as a platform where we can reach people and help people and educate people. And I am so proud of that. And I will say, like, I, I'm so inspired by my team members who really put themselves out there when we're having conversations and brainstorms. And they really bring a lot of themselves into that. And share about experiences and things that are happening in their own life or that they're thinking about or have noticed. And because they bring themselves and their honesty and authenticity, it allows us to explore these issues and do stories that I quite honestly in a bubble would never have thought of on my own. So um, I think that's one of the beautiful things about our amazing team members. And um, yeah, it's just become a bigger and bigger piece of our content. Um, and our readers are here for it. You know, people want this. They're, it's resonating with them. And I don't know if we're, you know, speaking of media, but I think social media, which we're on right now, like we could talk probably for a, a whole 24 hours about that. But I will say for all the negative things about social media, one really positive thing I've seen is that when people share their truth and their honesty, you know, whether they're struggling with infertility or depression or panic attacks, and when they share that, I am so um, inspired by sort of the way people rally to support them, whether it's in the comments or sharing their story, and they can amplify that message and reach more people. And I think what's so awesome about what you're doing is really making that conversation um, just part of our everyday conversation and not a special, you know, once a month in the magazine thing. So um, I think it, you know, women's health reaches 44 plus million women a month. And we have the great honor and responsibility and platform to really put those messages out there and get people talking. Um, that was a long way of saying it's incredibly, incredibly important to us. And I love that more people are talking about it um, and that we're doing this today. Yeah, I think it's incredible as well what you're doing. I've, I've often read that column and I've seen the other incredible themes and topics that you speak about. And I know how many people find that the way you speak about it uh, is, is really responsible and, and relatable. And I think that those things are really important when we're talking about mental health is how can we talk about it in a responsible way, in a relatable way? Because I'm sure you feel and you've had many conversations in the company as to how do we 
talk about this in a way that actually helps and supports people. What, what have been some of those things? What are the ways in which you found that people can talk about their mental health or maybe people have wrote into you to share with you their personal changes or stories from reading the column? Could you share some transformations or some journeys that you think people have been on and why you think they were able to find their way and navigate their way through their mental health? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are there's so many examples. You know, I can point to thousands of Instagram comments that we've received. Um, I was actually just at Hearst Tower where um, my office is. I, I've only gone there a few times in the past eight months, but I was there last Friday and had a big stack of snail mail, reader mail, uh, which I, I love opening and I read every single one of them. I have I have a bunch to reply to. Um, but one woman, uh, was sharing how she and her husband had been sheltering in place and they had turned to prayer and their faith. Um, and they'd been praying every single day together and sort of had a closer bond and really found that as, um, a place of strength and support for them during this really challenging time. And I just love that she took the time to share that. I think, um, whether it's religion or music or meditation or, sweating. I love to work out. That's a great place for me to go to clear my head and find my sort of emotional and mental center. Um, people are, they're taking the time to dig into that. Um, and it's wonderful when they can share that. I think one thing we try to do at Women's Health is the to know that there's no perfect answer that's just right for every single person. Like there's no cookie cutter way to, to feel your best and be your best. And so we're all about sharing a variety of options and ideas and letting you sort of choose your own adventure and explore and see what resonates with you. I think that's one of the beautiful things about life. And one of the things that women's health, we learn from readers all the time, things we would have never thought of. Um, so that's been really meaningful for me to see. And please keep the reader mail coming, whether it's digitally or or putting a stamp on an envelope and sending it to me. When you say you read all of them, Liz, I fully believe you. You're just, uh, I, I, yeah, no, I, I fully believe you. I think you can, uh, you know, when we, when we spoke the other day too, I, I love that someone as genuine and as kind as you is, is leading a conversation at such an important publication about this topic uh, because, it's it's such an important subject, but but the way it needs to be discussed is even more important in one sense, and uh, and and yeah, I love that. I love that you're leading on that. So so thank you, thank you for doing what you're doing. It's it's awesome, and I'm glad that you're so connected to your community. Tell tell me about your own life. You were saying that you like running or exercise as well. Like, what have you found? from all the things you've read and you, you know, you, you interview so many people, you read so much, you have to, you have to write so much. What have you found to be some of the, tell us some of the ones that really worked for you, like practices for your own mental well-being and mental health. And what are some of the quirkiest things you've ever read? Even if you don't do them, what are some of the most far out versions of things that may help someone? Oh my gosh. Yes, you're right. I am just, it's like osmosis everywhere I go. I'm sort of soaking it all up. And I, I love that about my job that that, that is my career is to just, you know, go out there and find the great information and then share it with people. Um, for me, I, and this is not only a brand temple, but a personal sort of love and passion of mine. I am, I am really a big believer in mornings and the magic of mornings. I firmly, firmly believe that how you start your day is how you live your day. So, um, for me, mornings are sacred. I like to get up very early. I set my alarm for 5, 17 AM every day. And I know you get up early too, and you have a. a Not that early, I get, <laughs> I get up at six every day. When we were months, 
get up at four, but I'm at six now. So gotcha. Okay, you sleep in these yeah. days. Yeah. Um, yeah, you- and I, uh, I, I love making a, a cup of coffee and just having some quiet time to myself to, to caffeinate and think about the day. Um, I love using music and playlists to set my energy and intention for the day. Last time we talked, you told me that that counts as meditation, which I really appreciated. <laughs> um, because it's, it's true. Meditation can be, you can, it can be a tool, um, or you can, you can find different ways to meditate, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be like sitting in that perfect position, um, that, you know, and that's wonderful too. And I know a lot of people that that works for, but I use energy. So some days I use music to set my energy. So some days I might want to listen to sort of like fast tempo, um, you know, loud, quick, kind of like head bopping (laughs) tunes to get my energy up. And then some days I find my heart is racing. I have adrenaline. Maybe I'm anxious about a big meeting coming up and I might choose something softer and quieter, or even instrumental music. Um, so that that's really special for me. I, um, I often go running with a girlfriend and we, I did it this morning. You know, it's, there's nothing like watching the sunrise as you're moving your body and um, kind of just letting the endorphins work their magic as you, as you sweat. Um, I always come back from a workout feeling clearer and stronger, more confident, calmer, ready for all the craziness that the day has in store for me, because it definitely does. Like there's, there's no question things will, will be a little, you know, go off the rails or uh, catch me off guard. And I find that when I've I've had that moment to work out and taking care of myself, um, I know it's cliche, but that um, that airplane oxygen metaphor, you've got to put your own oxygen mask on first. I really believe that's true. And I know that I am a better mom and I'm a better um, leader at women's health and a better wife and daughter and friend and sister and everything when I take care of myself by fueling up, powering up um, in the morning. So we have a hashtag at WH called hashtag W uh, hashtag own your morning. And I'd sort of just geek out using it all the time, but I, 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 I'm on a mission to share with people that, you know, your morning can set you up to feel and be your best. And by the way, it doesn't have to be a workout. Like that's, that's my thing, but for somebody else, it could be making a smoothie or, you know, having some one-on-one time with a child or, um, calling a loved one who's far away. You can't see right now because you've been separated due to travel restrictions during the pandemic. Um, there, there are so many ways and it's about sort of learning what matters to you and building in those little micro moments in the morning. And I think you can't help but have an amazing day once you've done that. I love that. What I want everyone to do is I want you to post after this. I want you to tag me and Liz on Instagram yes. and I want to hashtag own your morning and tell us what you do in the morning. So if you're watching, right, that. whether you're someone who likes to have a tea or a coffee or whether you go for a jog or a run or a walk or you pick up your favorite book or your podcast, whatever you're into, I want you to tag me and Liz and use the hashtag own your morning so that they can find it as well. Uh, I've just put the hashtag into the uh, comments And please, please, please go and do that after this live is over because we'd love to see and love to get ideas of all the amazing things that you all do. You know, the the morning is where you get to put on your shield, you get to put on your armor, you get to, you kind of get to get ready before you walk out into a world that is uncertain and unpredictable. But if we don't get that time and even make that moment, even if it's five or 10 minutes, sometimes we can feel like we're just catching up the rest of the day. And that's why that morning 
is so powerful. I mean, Liz, your dedication. Why 517? I want to know the significance of the 517. So uh, there's, there's a couple of reasons. And full disclosure, I don't think any of them are backed by science, or at least I haven't found the research study yet. But um, the first one is that my favorite number is seven. I was born on April 7th. So it's my lucky number. I, I see sevens everywhere. And, you know, uh, the the twinkling star emoji and shooting star emoji and the number seven, those are like my things. To me, that is like the universe looking out for me, good energy, good vibes, um, all the good stuff. So that, you know, why not set your alarm and start it off, uh, start your day with the number that that brings you happiness and makes you feel ready, ready to get up and at them. And then second, um, and there probably is science to this, just mentally, I think there's something about not setting it for an even number that sort of negates any chance that I might press snooze. You know, if it's a, if it's set for 520 or 515, maybe I would press snooze and be like, I can really, I can sneak in an extra five minutes of sleep, which let's be honest, is just going to be me laying there, like waiting for the next alarm to go off. Um, so I find that that odd number that's um, not quite an even number, just it, it, there's a something urgent about it. Yeah, psychological. Yes. It's kind of, yeah, I like that. It's, it's almost like how, you know, we have this mindset of like, we always push things till the next Monday. So it's like, if you start a new habit and you kind of messed up, then you go, oh yeah, I'll start again next Monday. And you put it back to almost like an even start. Like, you know, whereas actually it's when we can get started just the next day again and get back to it. Uh, and I like that. 517 makes a lot of sense. I, I get it. And I, and I love the idea of waking up to a number that inspires you or that feels, means something to you. Like, I, I love that. I think, I think we have to use the significance of our psychology for ourselves uh, because there's no point of knowing that detail about ourselves if we don't use it. I thought it might have been like a jersey number or a sports number that we would wear on, on the back of like a, a top or something. I thought. Well, I did. It's funny you say that. I grew up, I grew up in the Midwest in Kansas City playing sports, basketball, tennis, and soccer. So my, my jerseys always had the number seven. That was like, <laughs> I always you. asked my coach, I need the number seven. What, you know, make it happen. So you are right about that too. That's great. So you're following in the lines of David Beckham and Cristiano, yeah. who both never, who never let go of that number. I love that. I love that. Uh, Liz, tell us about, uh, you know, where you think and how you think the media can continue to support people with their mental health. And I don't just mean the written form or magazines. I mean, all media, because obviously we spend, and, and even more this year, we've all spent more time consuming content whether that be social media, whether that be uh, TV, whether that be streaming platforms, what are you seeing in terms of people's streaming habits and watching media habits? How can the media be better and how can we be better too for our mental health? So I, I always like to split the responsibility because I, mm -hmm. I feel like it's both top down and bottom up. It's, you know, we can't, you know, we can't point the finger either way. And so I kind of feel like, what can we do as individuals to improve our mental well-being and our relationship with media? And, and what can the media do to become more responsible? What are your thoughts on that? Such a, such a good question. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll tackle the media side first, and then I'll, I'll talk just sure. as an everyday human being like everybody else who's watching right now. Um, I think we have a huge responsibility um, in terms of the visuals we put out into the world. Um, that's kind of the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, you know, the words, of course, are incredibly important. And we talked about that a few minutes ago. But um, 
I think we have a responsibility to show, um, in the case of women's health, women from a diversity of backgrounds. So for us, that means um, the poets, the athletes, the astronauts, um, as well as actresses and models and, and all of those, those people. Um, we also take it really seriously, our responsibility to show them as they are. Um, you know, I think that is sort of a dangerous, slippery slope, especially in social media with all of the filter apps that are out there and the ways you can manipulate your appearance. Um, we actually, our, our beauty director, Christina Rodolfo, did an excellent feature a couple months back all about filters. And, you know, the amount of time we're spending on Zoom, on Slack, on Instagram, um, Facebook, all these, everything from baby showers to weddings to Thanksgiving that's coming up. You know, we're all meeting virtually right now, which is wonderful because it's a great way to connect and see people. Um, but I do worry about people's mental health when they're just always looking at their screen. So as a media brand, I think we have a responsibility in terms of the visuals and the type of content we put out. Um, and I would say that also includes sharing the stories of women who are struggling. Um, I think there is something so powerful about seeing and hearing from somebody who's having an experience similar to you, your own. It makes you feel less alone. Um, you, you instantly, you know, it's like um, when you're going through something, your mom, your sister, your friend can talk to you about it. But until you meet another person who's in the same situation or has been there, that's when like the real connection happens. You just have an instant language and um, sort of bond with one another. So I think that's a big opportunity for us is to, to share those um those stories with women. And I have been so impressed by how many women are more open and vulnerable and willing to share their truth in that way, which is awesome. Um, but, you know, as an example, in terms of visuals, we just had Gabrielle Union on our October issues cover. And um, it was such an awesome shoot. She's beautiful, strong, empowered. Um, and I didn't even think about this till she went on the circuit and was sharing her cover on all the national TV shows, she shared that um, it was the first time she had let her natural, that her natural hair was photographed um, in all of her years being photographed and her long career um, as an actress, as an activist. Um, so to me, that was a bit of a mind blow and, you know, the way people rallied around that and celebrated it. And, and I hope it changes things. I hope it opens the door for more moments like that. Um, but I thought that was that was really awesome. Uh, to answer the second part of your question, what can we do as everyday humans? I just I think we have a huge responsibility to curate our own feeds and the content that we engage with. Um, I hear people say all the time, you know, so and so brand or so and so person drives me crazy on Instagram or whatever it is, and my my response to that is just mute them or unfollow them like no one is forcing you to engage or consume content that upsets you um and i would say take that take that very seriously it's your life it's your that that stuff you see on the screen those words you're you're reading they have a real impact on you in the rest of your day and the rest of your week so um, choose people who inspire you and motivate you and make you feel good and make you make you happy inside and joyful inside. And I'm not saying you should only follow unicorns and rainbows. Um, I think it's okay to follow things, 
and follow people, places, things, brands who make you think, um, who maybe illuminate blind spots you didn't know you had. I think that's really important and powerful and valuable. Um, but you know, if, if there's a person you're following who uses crazy filters all the time and it's, you know, it's starting to get to you, like you don't have to follow them anymore. That's okay. Um, so that's my biggest piece of advice is to curate, curate what you're engaging with very carefully. And I say, this as somebody who (laughs) needs to work on that. I have a, I joke about this with my, my husband, but I have a, a habit of what I call doom scrolling at night, right. Where I'm like, I get to all the, the headlines of the day, um, crazy things that are happening in the world. And why do I do that to myself right before I go to bed? It's just like not, not the energy that I need as I'm trying to get a restful night of sleep so I can get up and have a great day tomorrow. So I say this to you and to all of your followers and people watching, but also I recognize that I could definitely be better about it in my own life. I love that. I love both those answers and uh, everyone should definitely go check out the uh, Gabrielle Union cover. And, and it's amazing to, it's amazing to hear you talk about that and the representation and diversity that's, that's needed to be showcased diversity of story as well. And the yeah. different experiences people are having. I, I think that's such a powerful point because yeah, we need to, as soon as we see and notice and become aware that there's someone that looks like us and sounds like us or has had a similar life experience yeah. to us, it, it just opens it up for us. And I think that's that's such a powerful message. I'm so happy that you're doing that. And, you know, and, and also allowing, I, I think a big part of it is also allowing, whether it's actors, models, scientists, poets, as you said, uh, letting them showcase their true authentic self. You know, there are some TV shows. I'm, I'm not usually big on TV shows. And during during lockdown, I got into some TV shows. And I realized that I was, I, I, I'm very grateful and touch wood and everything else. I, I, I sleep really well. Uh, but uh, it's, as soon as I started watching shows that were slightly full of suspense and mystery and, and, and not horror, but, but somewhat, uh, somewhat uh, scary in, in some regard, at least, I started to see my sleep was ruined. And so whether that's the news for you, whether it's headlines, whether it's a TV show, please don't do your, do that to yourself at night. Do it on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. But we, we, we do so many crazy things to ourselves in the morning as well. We do the same thing in the morning. When you look at your phone first thing in the morning and you read about some negative news, now you've started your day on a negative note. And it's, it's not that that news was even that useful to you in that moment. So it's not about being not informed. You can be informed, yeah. but you want to be informed at the right time of day when you feel you're kind of put together and, and ready to take it on. Liz, I want to ask you, what's the one thing you want people do to, to do today for their mental health? And how can women's health and all of your work that you and your team are doing there be more useful to people? And how can people connect more with it? Great questions. Um, so here's the one thing I hope you will do today. Um, and that is to breathe and to focus on breathing. Um, and it can be when you finish this Instagram, it can be before your next big meeting. It can be before, um, you've got to scurry together some dinner for the kids tonight and everything is frantic. Um, but, uh, I know there are all different kinds of breathing, but one I'm loving right now is five, five, five. So you breathe in, Inhale for five full counts. You hold it for five full counts. And then you exhale for 
for five full counts and do that at least once. Um, if you, if you have a little extra time, I recommend doing it for a couple of minutes, just repeat that cycle over and over. And I guarantee, um, you will feel more centered, relaxed, calm, ready to take on what's next. And it sounds like a tiny thing breathing, but I know you know this because you, you, you did a lot of research for this, for your, for your book. And I loved, um, I loved reading about it. I have found that to be incredibly powerful in my life. Just take a breath. And then, um, to answer your second question, Yes, please, please come find us on at Women's Health Mag. Uh, that's our social handle. We are online at womenshealthmag.com. Our November issue, our first ever music issue, just went live on Apple News Plus, and it's also on newsstands across the country. It features the musician Kelly Rowland. Um, Kelly announced that she is expecting her second child, and it's a beautiful story, not just about her pregnancy, um, but about her journey and what the pandemic has been like for her and um, what health and wellness mean to her, as well as mental health. So um, it's a pretty awesome read. I highly suggest you check it out. And then feel free to write me those snail mail letters and come come see me on my personal Instagram. Um, I am always down to engage with my followers. I love it when people DM me. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm loving the community that's happening there. So whether it's waking up at 517 or hashtagging own your morning, um, you can see, find me at, at Liz Plosser. Stuff. Amazing. Thank you so much, Liz. Everyone go and follow Liz on Instagram at Liz Plosser. And remember, use the hashtag own your morning, tag both of us because we want to see what you do to own your morning. I want to discover lots of new ways as well. So always open to learn. And I know Liz is as well. And if you're brave enough to wake up at 5.17 tomorrow, <laughs> try that too. Uh, but Liz, you're amazing. And I'm so grateful we got to do this together. I, I learned a lot and I'm really happy to have had you as part of this week conversation. It's been amazing, the diversity of guests we've had and stories. And I really appreciate you sharing this, such an important media angle with us today. Uh, and if there's anything I haven't allowed you to share or you're like, Jay, I really want to share this, please feel free. If there's something on your mind that you and your heart that you really want to share with everyone, then please, please share it. I guess the, the last thing I'll say is um, be kind, be compassionate with one another. You, you never know what someone else is going through. Um, and I think sort of like circles back almost to everything we've talked about, what we put out on social media, um, how we curate um, our image, whatever it is, there's usually a lot happening behind the scenes. And to go back to that stat we talked about at the beginning, that one in four people um, are dealing with a mental health problem. Um, you, you definitely know somebody who is. So be kind to one another, check in on each other, take care of each other. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this conversation with Liz today. I really hope it gave you some ideas on how to use media as a tool in your mental health journey instead of something to cause you harm. Make sure to tag me and Liz on Instagram with the hashtag ownyourmorning and let us know what you do in the morning to get ready for your day. I thank you so much for being part of this On Purpose community. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend, stay safe and don't forget to look out for episodes next Monday and next Friday. This podcast was produced by Dust Light Productions. Our executive producer from Dust Light is Misha Youssef. Our senior producer is Juliana Bradley. Our associate producer is Jacqueline Castillo. Valentino Rivera is our engineer. 
Our music is from Blue Dot Sessions. And special thanks to Rachel Garcia, the Dustlight Development and Operations Coordinator.